0: Great to see everybody today and back in our series, When Pigs Fly. I read an article this week, we may have to come up with a new phrase because the airlines are considering allowing service pets of all kinds on airlines, so we may have pigs flying uh, in the uh, in the near future. So we'll have to come up with a new word. But I found out that there's actually a word for uh, this expression, when pigs fly, it's called an... Ad- a dinaton. Have you ever heard of that? An adenaton. An adenaton is an exaggeration, an idiom that makes things seem almost impossible. And so, in America, an adenaton is when pigs fly. Other countries. So, if I was preaching this series in other countries, I would have other ones. If I was in China, one of theirs is when the sun rises in the west. That'll happen when the sun rises in the west. In Germany. Is when dogs bark with their tails. If we were doing this in Germany. Uh, In Denmark, when there's two Wednesdays in a week. Uh, And uh, I like this one in Turkey. This will be the last one I'll share. When the garden is full of ducks holding pastries in their hands. (laughs) So that's what we would have to call this series if we were there. When pigs fly. Um, And we're talking, of course, about miracles. Do miracles Uh, still happen. You're in a church today that believes that miracles still happen. We talked last Sunday about God's power over the forces of darkness. And uh, next week, we're going to be talking about miracles of protection, how God miraculously protects us. And then the final week of the series, we're going to talk about miracles of provision, how God provides uh, for us. But today... We're going to talk about maybe what most people think of when they hear of miracles, and that is miracles of healing. Does God still heal people today? How many believe with me? Would you raise your hand if you believe that God still heals people today? Amen. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. That God still heals people today. Uh, Have any of you ever maybe experienced God's healing power or known someone that has? If so... Could you raise your hand? All right, you've seen these fly. Uh, things that, that should not have made sense uh, medically or whatever, but that God did uh, did something beyond the realm of what was, was normal. <clears throat> but what about when you pray for something to happen and it doesn't happen? We pray for healing and maybe the person that we prayed for didn't get healed, at least in the way that we... Wanted them to. We know that God can. And yet for some reason God doesn't. And it gets confusing. Causes some people to question. And causes people to doubt. We prayed for it. And it just didn't happen. The Bible that we uh, claim to be our source of authority. Is full of miracles in the Old Testament. And New Testament. In the Old Testament we see Hannah, who is not able to have children, has a miraculous birth of a son by the name of Samuel. Elijah raises a boy from the dead in the Old Testament. God heals Nebuchadnezzar of his insanity. There's hope for your crazy aunt today. God, uh, God, we, we saw that in the Old Testament. God healed Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> in the Gospels, there's at least 30 specific miracles of healing that took place but hundreds of more are implied when he when it just says he healed all of those that were sick in their diseases jesus healed the blind he opened deaf ears he healed lepers he raised the dead the apostle paul this was an interesting healing the apostle paul preached so long one time He preached so long, and and by the way, we have Coy in our church. Coy keeps me on the clock. He's got me on the timer. So I'm in Coy's small group, and I got him on the timer now in small group. Get you back. But uh, so um, Paul was preaching, and he was preaching so long, he preached into the night, and there was a young boy named Eutychus. Imagine these windows being open. Eutychus is sitting in the window, and Eutychus falls out and dies. Falls out and dies. Well, Paul goes over and uh, and prays for him, and he's healed. He's raised. So his sermon killed him, and yet uh, and yet Paul prayed for him, and he was healed. Okay. There was a controversial. There was a controversial healing uh, in the Bible when Jesus healed uh, Peter's mother-in-law. Uh, in fact, some scholars think that the reason that Jesus that Peter denied Jesus three times is because Jesus healed his mother-in-law. No, that's that's a bad... No, that's bad. Um, sorry. Sorry. John chapter 14, verse 12. And, and you know, if, if the New Testament has a highlight pen, the way that the highlight pen works in the New Testament is Jesus adds uh, an extra word. So instead of saying, truly... He says, very truly, or I learned in the King James, verily, verily. Or some, uh, some translations say, truly, truly. In other words, when you hear truly, truly, it's like, okay, get out your highlighter. I'm, I'm highlighting something. I really want you to understand that what I'm getting ready to say is really important for you to remember. And so he says in John fourteen twelve, Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater works than these. So we believe at Life Church that God heals the sick through the faithful prayers of his people. And God can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Amen? Amen. We believe that. We believe that. I've seen miracles happen. I was a hospital chaplain uh, before I was a pastor. I was a hospital chaplain in Oklahoma City. I remember one gentleman that uh, was brought into the hospital. He was visiting Oklahoma City as a World War II veteran. Uh, it was a reunion of the veterans, and he was crossing a big highway, uh, and he had the right of way, but someone didn't see him, in a car just ran. So here's a guy. He survives World War II and he gets run over by a car. Many of his bones are broken, and he's in a coma. And uh, he was in a coma, and uh, his wife was a faithful Christian. And, and uh, I went up to see her husband with him, and we prayed for her husband uh, who was in this co- He was on the ventilator. Um, he couldn't breathe on his own. This went on for some time. It went on for some days it went on to the point where the doctor said, there's no reasonable expectation that he will get better. I'm recommending that we take him off of the ventilator. I remember the, his wife saying, we can take him off the ventilator, but if God still wants to heal him, he can heal him. And, and uh, he was taken off the ventilator. They expected him to die very soon. He didn't die right away. Um, we saw a few days after that happened... He began responding uh, with touch. Pretty soon, he opened his eyes. Pretty soon, he was fully awake. Pretty soon, he went through physical therapy. Pretty soon, he went home. It was a miracle. I mean, we saw that miracle, and it was a testimony to all that were there at the hospital. So, And here's a guy, you know, he's probably 75 years old at the time. Had another guy come in in his early 20s. He's a newlywed. The picture of health and strength... He came into the cancer floor he had just been diagnosed with a cancer that was so devastatingly rapidly growing that uh the the doctors were very pessimistic about it but he came from a church that believed that God did miracles and in fact um, and i don't want to be offensive by this, but it was a church that was almost overboard with it in other words that if you if you just have enough, it's always God's will to heal you. And if you just have enough faith, you're going to be healed. And so um, they were praying for this guy. And I'm always willing to agree with somebody in prayer uh, for healing. As the hospital chaplain, I was praying with him, this young guy. But we saw the guy in this rapidly growing uh, uh, cancer come in one from one week from being healthy, seven days later, death. He went from the picture of health to death. And I remember, I remember that the, 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 the pastor, um, after he died, they wouldn't even give up then. And so they, they were playing praise and worship music over by the, the guy's bed and they were trying to raise him from the dead and, and it just went on and it was becoming a problem for the hospital, uh, needing to get uh, him out of there and, uh, and I remember the past, I was standing in the room with the family and the pastor said, if there's anyone right now that doesn't believe he's going to get up out of this bed, um, you ought to leave the room because we just need people of faith. And I remember thinking, I need some people to check on. I'm going to have to slip out right now. And uh, your pastor, great man of faith and power, I walked out of the room because I didn't want to ruin that miracle if it was about a lack of faith because I've seen death before and he was dead. I mean, he was He was as dead as I've seen dead before and he didn't make it. So why sometimes does God heal a 75-year-old man who seems to be at the end of his life and here's this guy, he's in his 20s, the picture of health, and he doesn't make it and he passes away. We believe God can. He doesn't. can bring doubts and can bring questions. So I want to talk about Maybe why that happens sometimes, in the same way, building your faith that God can and does and will do miracles. Amen. I'm going to believe today that if there's people that need a miracle today, we can pray and that God can do miracles today. How many believe that God could just, on this rainy day in February, do a miracle? I believe that. Amen. I believe that. So this is kind of a big statement as you're taking notes. Our God heals, but he doesn't heal everyone all the time. Now, that may go against your theology, and that's okay. You have a right to be wrong. Uh, But scripturally, we see this. There's a guy named Trophimus who was one of eight friends that accompanied Paul on his third missionary journey. And it says, uh, Erastus stayed in Corinth, and I left Trophimus sick in Miletus. I left him home sick. Well, heal him. Sure, they prayed for his healing, but he wasn't healed, and they left him home because he was sick. God could have, and he didn't. Um, He says, Paul says to Timothy... Use a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent illnesses. Paul Paul is recommending the medicine that he might take for some of his frequent um, illnesses. The Apostle Paul himself has a thorn in the flesh that he prays three times that God would take that thorn in the flesh from him. And each time he prays that thorn, and we don't know what the thorn in the flesh was, something, it was his eyesight... That he was praying for. But whatever that thorn in the flesh was. God does not heal him. After praying for it three times. And the answer comes back every time. That my grace. Is sufficient for you. That God's grace was sufficient. For Paul. I don't need to heal you. Because I'm doing something through this. And my grace. Is sufficient. For you. Well. Well, meaning Christians can say very uh, hurtful or insensitive things well maybe maybe the reason you weren 't healed is because you had sin in your life maybe Maybe the reason you weren 't healed is because you didn 't pray right. Maybe the reason you were, weren 't healed is you have that habit one of the one of the worst experiences I experienced as a pastor was uh, some kids in our Christian school back in Illinois. Dad took the two uh, sons out uh, dove hunting. And they were just little boys and this, uh, these doves uh, popped up and one went to shoot the doves but his brother stood up in front of him right before he did and he shot his brother instead of the doves and, and uh, his little brother came into the hospital, uh, just a little boy in our school and, uh, and he didn't make it. And I remember a well-meaning person saying, oh God just needed a little angel up in heaven. And I'm sitting there thinking, we needed this angel down here. We we needed this this little and 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 there's times when we pray, and it doesn't happen the way that we that we want it to. And 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 and, and we we shouldn't be insensitive to one another when that. There, here's three reasons why miracles sometimes don't happen. As you're taking notes here this morning, Jesus ref, refused to perform miracles. To prove himself, Jesus was not willing to be a sideshow. Jesus wasn't willing for Philip to, for me to set up my healing ministry and wear white suits on Sunday morning and get the healing line going, and so we could make a big show on Sunday morning. You know what I'm saying? He never did it just for a sideshow or just to, uh, just to draw attention to himself. The Pharisees. Uh, came and began to question Jesus to test him, and they asked him for a sign from heaven. Show us your stuff. Do one of your miracles. And Jesus oh, he sighed deeply. Oh. Why does this generation ask for a sign? Truly, I tell you, no sign will be given you. Mark 8, 11, 12. I'm not doing any tricks for you. He doesn't do it just to do tricks. Another reason that Jesus didn 't uh, doesn 't perform miracles he does not perform miracles that interfere with god 's ultimate purpose there's a, there 's an interesting miracle that happens right at the toward the end of jesus life as he 's in the garden of Gethsemane and the, and Judas comes and betrays him, and the soldiers are coming, and there 's one named malchus and and suddenly Peter becomes like himself before Jesus and uh, decides he's going to take matters into his own hand. And I don't know how you think it happened, but I think Peter took out his sword and was aiming for the soldier's head and missed. and he cut off his ear. You know that story? So Peter cuts off the ear of one of the soldiers that, um, that was coming to arrest Jesus. And uh, an interesting thing happens there. And he, Jesus turns to Peter and says, Pete. Pete, Pete. Don't you realize? I, I don't I don't need your help, Peter. I, if I wanted to, Peter, I could have called for thousands of angels to protect us. If I wanted to, Peter, this arrest would not have happened. Nothing would have happened the way that you're seeing right now and and and, and I could send these angels instantly. But if I did, would the scriptures be fulfilled that describe what must happen? God was accomplishing his ultimate purposes, and he would not perform any miracle that would stop God's purposes from happening. Amen. Amen. And Jesus didn't do miracles where there was no faith. We talked about it last week. Jesus comes to his hometown where he's the homeboy, and they're like, isn't this Joseph's son? Isn't this the teacher's pet? Isn't this just, isn't this, oh, it's just Jesus. Oh, no, that was a couple Sundays ago. I played football with him. This is is just our hometown guy, and so they had no faith. And it says, he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Faith moves the heart of God. God is attracted to faith. He's attracted to, to us believing in his ability. We sang about his greatness this morning. There's no God like our God, and there's nothing that our God cannot do. Amen. Amen. And he loves it when we express faith in him. There was a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years. She had been uh, to the doctors. Nothing could, could touch, uh, could, could, uh, could heal her. And, and, and she uh, crawled her way through the crowd and, and she touched the hem of his garment. And Jesus, you know the story, probably says, who touched me? And when he looks at her, he says, daughter, your faith. Has healed you. A leper came to Jesus, fell at Jesus' feet and worshiped him. And he said, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. There's a blind man that screams out, Have mercy on me. Go, Jesus said, Your faith has healed you. Our faith moves the heart of God. Jesus was amazed. Jesus, one of the only things that amazes Jesus that we find in the New Testament, he's amazed by faith, and he's amazed by it in one of two ways. He's amazed about how much you have, and sometimes he's amazed at people's lack of faith. He's amazed by how much faith, and then he's also amazed by how little faith. He was amazed by a Roman centurion a Roman centurion who had a sick servant and, uh, and, and he comes to Jesus and, and Jesus says, I will, I will go and I will heal your servant. And and, 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 this Ro- and the Bible makes a big deal out of it. This is a Roman. This isn't one of the guys that, sh- this is not the guys that we put in our category of the most faithful people. This is a Roman soldier. He's a centurion, which means he has a hundred soldiers under him. This is the leader. Of men, And he said, uh, no, Jesus, it's not necessary for you to come to my house because I know if you'll just say the word that my servant can be. You just say the word because I'm a leader and I know how it works. When I tell someone to do something, they do it and it's accomplished. Jesus, if you say the word, it'll be done. And the Bible says Jesus was amazed. And he said, I haven't seen anything like this even in all Israel. Then, when he comes to his hometown, he's just amazed at he's amazed at the lack of faith that he sees in his hometown. Let me say this: faith produces miracles, but miracles don't necessarily produce faith. Faith produces miracles, but miracles don't necessarily produce faith. I went to a um, uh, to Israel. Uh, several years back and I think probably the most unprepared amazing day for me was the day they told us they were going to take us to the town of Jesus and I'm thinking well what's the town of Jesus Jerusalem or Nazareth or uh, what town are you taking us to the town of Jesus and we they take us to the ruins of this town and and it's the town of Capernaum and right on the right on the sign when you come in it says Capernaum the town of Jesus and there's scripture in the Bible where Jesus talks about going to his to his village where where he was from. This is where Jesus spent a lot of time. He spent a lot of time in Capernaum. It's at Capernaum that Jesus finds uh, James and John who are who are fishing. It's it's in Capernaum where he finds Peter. It's, and 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 when we were in Capernaum. I mentioned that there were like 30 miracles that happened in the New Testament. Listen to some of the ones that happened just in Capernaum. In Capernaum was the great catch of fish where, where Jesus said to cast your nets on the other side. It was in Capernaum that Peter's mother-in-law were healed. The, the site where that happened uh, is, is there, and there's a church built over that site today. It's at Capernaum where it says many sick and disease. Uh, were healed it was at Capernaum where a paralyzed man was healed, and, and a man with a withered hand was healed. It was in Capernaum where the demoniac who, who was filled with demons had those demons cast out of him. It was in Capernaum where Jairus' daughter was raised from the dead. It was in Capernaum where two blind men were healed. It was in Capernaum where there was someone who couldn 't speak uh, that was healed It was in Capernaum where uh, A coin was found in a fish's mouth when they needed to pay their taxes. And yet, and by the way, about 1,500 people lived in that town. Can you imagine 1,500 people live in a town and those miracles took place? You would think, what would that do to that town? And yet, Jesus said, the unbelief in Capernaum was so great that had the miracles that had been performed there been performed in Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have repented long ago. Miracles don't necessarily produce faith, but faith produces miracles. Do do you have, do you believe for big things? Can you believe, you know, I've got some big faith for Knoxville. I've got some... Big faith for life, church. I believe that God's going to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think in this church and in this city. Amen. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. But the scripture says all we need is a mustard seed. All you need is a mustard seed. At that time, the smallest known seed to plant in it, and it grew into a large plant. If you just have the, the faith of a mustard seed, Jesus said you could say to this mountain, be removed in it, and it would be cast into the sea. I saw this meme this week on Facebook. Somebody put up, uh, you can put it up there. I have a mustard seed and I'm not afraid to use it. I like that. <laughs> you don't have to have a whole lot. I've got a mustard seed and I'm not afraid to use it. I appreciate people that are honest about their lack of faith because the truth is I can talk a good game, but sometimes I have a hard time believing as well. There was a father in the Bible whose son couldn't speak and he was constantly falling into the fire and and terrible things were happening to his son And the man, the the father comes to Jesus, and I just love the honesty of this. He says, "Um, if you can do anything, if you can do anything for my son, would you do it? I don't think he's asking Jesus to just, like, totally heal him. I, I think he's just saying, like, Jesus, if you could just make this a little better, maybe... Maybe he still can't speak, but he just quits running into the fire all the time. Jesus, if you could just do something for my son, would you just do something? How many of you just face situations that are so impossible, you don't want to just pray for, you know? You know, Jesus, my marriage... uh, If you could just do something, could we just fight less, you know? know, I'm not asking, you know, for the Red Sea to part. You know, I've been living in this so long. But if you could just do something, it would be greatly appreciated. And that's that's sort of the attitude, if, if you could just do something. And Jesus said, everything is possible to him who believes. Do you believe? And he says, Lord, I believe and I love this. Just help my unbelief. Could you just help my unbelief? God, could you just give us more faith? Help us to believe for greater things. How, I, 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 could, I could relate to that prayer today, can you? God, just give me more faith. Just help me to believe more. Help me, Lord, not to just see with my eyes, but help me to believe with faith. Everything is possible to them. That believe. So what happens when we pray and they're not healed? It's not over. It shouldn't shake our faith. And this is really important. Our faith isn't based on what God does. Our faith is based on who God is. Faith isn't based on what God does. Our faith is based on what God is. Judy Bagwell a precious lady in our church got cancer a, a couple years ago now i guess it's been and we prayed and it was fast growing and, and she didn't make it but in all of that in all of that her faith was strong and her faith was not just in her healing though she prayed for healing her faith was uh, And God's goodness was proved to us on the cross. Amen. Amen. He didn't have to prove himself to us by what he does, but his, his goodness to us was proved on the cross. When Jesus came to earth, his highest purpose was not to heal our bodies. It was to save our souls. There's a lot of controversy about the passage of Scripture in the Old Testament. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we're healed. And so people will say, well, just like you're saved, then you, could, you, you should be able to be healed because with his stripes we're healed. And I believe with his stripes we're healed. But when you, when you look at the Hebrew of that word, it really means we were made whole. That with Jesus' stripes... We were made whole. And just like Jesus forgives us of our sins, and yet it's not a perfect picture yet, we're still in the process. Please be patient. God's not finished with me yet. That we're still in this process of, we call it sanctification, that that more and more becoming like him. In his eyes, our sins are completely forgiven, blotted out. we're, we're, We're completely clean. We're completely made whole, we have, but yet we're living in these bodies. But between now and when, when we're living in that, that time of perfection, we're going to go for it, and we're going to believe for God to do great things. Amen? But I will have to tell you, and I hate to be a spoiler alert, but even if God heals you, you're going to die sometime. <laughs> Lazarus is raised from the dead, and then he has to die again. Because that's not what it ultimately is all about. It's ultimately about that our souls are saved and that our hearts are made right with God. When I was a hospital chaplain, I, I got called up to visit a, a guy's room who was an atheist. But his wife and daughters were very faithful Christians. And they were like, sick them, chaplain. Go pray for him." go pray for my atheist husband who has lung cancer and the prognosis isn't good. And I went to visit with him and uh he was a he was a marine. He'd been a marine. He was a man's man. He was kind of rough. And uh he wasn't easy to talk to. It was like pulling teeth to let him get me, for him to let me pray for him. He was very hardened. He was very um, not open to my visits. And I I just kind of dreaded that daily walk up to that room because I knew mom and sisters were counting on me. And I'd go ask him if I could pray for him, and I'd pray for him. Over time, you can feel the ice melting a little bit, but nothing big. I was down in my office one day in at, uh, at, at, at Oklahoma City, and I got a call from his wife. said, come up to the room right now. My husband wants to see you. I'll never forget it. This hardened Marine tears coming down his eyes and he said last night Jesus Christ sat on the foot of my bed and I gave him my life and I invited him into my heart amen amen was a changed man. He was totally open to me. And it wasn't like a bargain with God. I'll get saved if you heal me. It changed everything. This doom and gloom room where they were not looking forward to their atheistic dad passing away without knowing Jesus became a place where we prayed for healing and it didn't happen. And when he died there was victory in the room I was invited to be a part of his funeral we spoke of the hope that we have in knowing Jesus the greatest healing that you'll ever experience is when God saves our souls and you're looking at a guy who's seen God heal mom tells the story of when she was a little girl drinking rat poisoning and her you know, medicine wasn't very advanced at the time they lived equal distance from the the country doctor's house and equal distance from the pastor and my mother was turning blue and her breathing was slowing down and I'm not recommending this it was it was a different time but her parents said we're going to the pastors and they rushed my mom to the pastor's house and he laid hands on my mother and they said while they laid hands on her they could see pink coming back into her face and her breathing normalized my mother's in her 80s and still alive today I believe god still does miracles and another miracle that he does is it says in psalms 147 he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. You may be here today, and the healing that you need is not just physical, but it's spiritual. I'm here as a testament that God can heal the brokenhearted. God's healed my broken heart. And I know He can heal yours as well. So I'm going to invite us all to bow our heads and pray right now. We're going to just ask the Lord for the greatest miracle, first of all, that we could ever ask for, and that is. You could could leave today knowing that you're going to spend eternity with God and that all of your sins are forgiven and that your future is settled. God already paid the price when Jesus went to the cross. If you're here today and you say, I want to receive the free gift of salvation, would you raise your hand? Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for that you're a miracle-working God. We thank you, Lord God, for the miracle of salvation and all that you've done and all that you're doing and all that you're going to do. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, if everyone will open their eyes, I don't want to make this a, a, a weird thing or anything, so I'm not going to ask you to do anything goofy. But if you if you want pr- uh, healing in your body today, or you want to stand for someone that you know that needs healing? Um, I'm just going to invite you to stand where you are, and I'm going to pray for you from right here. But if you want healing in your body, would you just stand right now all over this room? Amen. Or you know somebody that does, and you'd like to, and you'd like to pray for them. And then what I'm going to ask you to do is some of those around the people that are that are standing. If it seems appropriate, would you just stand up as well and just go near them and put your hand on their shoulder. And uh, I will lead a prayer from right here. And we're just going to pray right now for God's healing touch on people's bodies. Heavenly Father, we just come to you this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. And we believe that nothing is too hard for you. And so we come in faith, believing, and we're believing, Lord, that you're healing those that are sick right now, God. And we come in faith, believing God, and we're asking for miracles, God, this morning, God. We ask, Lord, that you would do the work, and we give you the glory and all of the honor for what you have done, what you are doing, and what you're going to do. And we stand in faith, believing for our miracle or for the miracle of our friends. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen amen we're going to teach you a new song this morning when the ushers are going to come we're going to wait on you for the morning tithe and offering if you have a prayer request you can put that in the offering plate as it goes by um or if god did something in your life today maybe you want baptized there's a place to mark that uh in the uh in the guest card as well I'll uh, Just put those in as it comes by. We've got three ways to give. You can give online or through GiveLify, or in the buckets here. But let's just pray right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your people and we just thank you, Lord God, that you're a miracle-working God and there's nothing that's too hard for you. So, God, we're just expecting, Lord, that you are doing and going to do great things. And all God's people said amen.